What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 101, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Proving Ground. Brent, we got to 101! It's going to be, I'm not sure how long it's going to be before the novelty wears off, but it hasn't worn off yet. So, <laughs> Yeah, we're in three at, digits. I know. At some point, I'll be like, yeah, this is old hat, but not today. Uh, yep. But hey, this is a fun thing because we're also an independent podcast. Uh, we've been independent since the beginning, two and almost a half years ago, and you can help keep the thing independent. Uh, by finding our little Patreon project, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. Every dollar that we receive goes towards uh, replacing a computing device that Zach had to replace forever ago now, but it's still true. That's still the goal. Um, yep. Every every bit helps. Uh, and thank you so much for everybody who supports the show. That's fantastic. And of course, if you are a person who says, I'm not gonna support you, no sweat. Because this is really, we're doing this for our enjoyment, uh, like by a long shot, and it's certainly not for dollars. Um, and you're going to be able to find all of our stuff, uh, even the Patreon first stuff on our main feed at some point. We've already dropped a few uh, little tidbits from the Patreon side of the house onto our main feed already. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of fun to do that stuff, and it's a lot of fun to have the the, the participation there, but also here too. And here, where can you find it? Well, you, you listener, already know. You found it. But if you want to tell somebody else how to find it, it's on Google Podcasts or Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts or any podcast aggregator. Search for Walking Through the Stargate, and you can see it right there. Um, and Zach, if somebody wants to let us know... Oh, wait. I keep forgetting about the Apple Podcast. If you leave a review, we will do a dramatic recreation. But also, I will likely pull a bit of it out and put it on our brand spanking new website. Ooh, yes. Which uh, Zach will tell us. But uh, before I pitch it over to Zach, I got to find a segue. And um, so, Zach, if somebody wants to let us know uh, oh. where where I could find a list of segues, that would be useful for handing it over to a co-host to then go through uh, how they would contact us. How How might they contact us? So if you wanted to get a hold of us, if you wanted to talk to us and say, this is the best thing since sliced bread, and we all know that's not true because that's Betty White. No, actually, Betty White is before sliced bread, so we can be the best thing since sliced bread. <laughs> In any case, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. That is W-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T at gmail.com. Aha. Uh-huh. You can also find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking. Yes. Go to Facebook and you can walk into the Stargate. We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Hit the like, yep. fuck, like, follow, subscribe, uh, whatever it There's is. There's buttons that you press. Yeah. Hit all of the buttons. <laughs> Every all one. of them. Click, click, Every click, single click, one. Click, click. Hit them. <laughs> what does this one do? <laughs> <laughs> I am Groot. I am Groot. I am Groot. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, you can also go to our website, wtts.space. Uh-huh. Um, uh, and Brent, do we have uh, walkingthroughthestargate.com? Yeah, yes. So, so David had kind of said, y'all are being fun with your wtts.space, but seriously, you should get walkingthroughthestargate.com. And I'm like, it's too many letters. Basically what I said. And then we had uh, listener Matt, if I remember listener right. Listener Matt, yeah. Uh, say, you really should have walkingthroughthestargate.com. <laughs> And I was like, fine, fine. So we picked up walkingthroughthestargate.com and routed it over to wtts.space. So you can pretty much go any which way you want. But it did allow me to make a joke to Zach a little while ago. 
Ah, uh, yes. How our email could be W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-O-U-G-H-T-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E dot com. I had a Suffice big help. it to say it's yeah, not that right no, now. No, no, it is not. Do um, not try that. It will not work. No, but. no. we we can brent have that conversation um if we want uh potentially to to shift over to a dot com uh email address whatever i mean yeah i don't know yeah you know whatever so in any case it's not there now it's not there now you can email us at our gmail.com address uh but you can of course go to the website yep uh and just poke around and and just see what's there and as time continues they'll get more content there uh and we'll get some more stuff there and such yep um so the other way you can uh get a hold of us is of course on the patreon.com um we have two different pod- patreon podcasts that happen for that the the other side of the gate which is with me and david mm-hmm. roughly once a month ish depending on scheduling and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we have Stargate Second Chances, which is Brett and me reviewing, rewatching old episodes. Yep. Uh, both of those are on Patreon first. There was a, our most recent Stargate Second Chances did get uh, tossed up to the main feed um, just last week, wasn't it, Brent? It was or last week, but yeah. it was the first one, not our most the, recent one. Ah, we've the had first two. one. We've and we're about two, to yes. have a third at some point this month, I think. Yep. Maybe yep. next month. Uh, early next month. We, we got a third one in the it, it, coming up. We have to. We, 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 you know, uh, I can't talk today. Uh, That's, 2010 <laughs> has received ten <laughs> votes, and yes. so we will be uh, reviewing, rewatching uh, 2010 here in the near-ish future. As Pretty near future. We record yeah. this. Yep. Um, so uh, those of you who are Patreon supporters, uh, I did send out some emails for January uh, for your votes. Uh, so go ahead and check your uh, mailboxes for that and get those back to me uh, and we can get those registered. If you want to participate, mm-hmm. then you can go to the Patreon and join us there and you can get chances to vote uh, for episodes that you want us to rewatch and review. Um and I think it's important to it's not in the show notes, but it's we got it. We got to remind people we still technically have that offer that if uh, if the Patreon gets to seventy five dollars a month, then oh, yes, we're going to be watching that animated version. That's just garbage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That is on the Patreon. That's yeah. there at seventy five dollars a month. Uh, we have hit um, thirty dollars. I think the last yeah. time I looked, we got thirty dollars well, a month right now, uh, which which is. Is, is almost halfway there. Almost. So if you want to uh, hear our thoughts, our comments on that cartoon, uh, Stargate Infinity, then uh, go That's ahead and join us on right. the Patreons. Yeah. And as a collective group, you can make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it is worth noting that uh, David and I have just finished recording our third episode mm-hmm. of The Other Side of the Gate. Uh, that will be going out to our Patreon listeners here in this the afternoon. next few days. This yeah. afternoon, Brent Soon. says. Yes. Now, uh, you, everything's prepped and ready to go. Me. We just got to load it up. Exactly. The, the, when you when you and your ears are hearing my voice right now, then the Patreon will already have that episode. So it's one of those time dilation problems that we have going on here. But whatever. There you go. Yeah. 
It, it is it is future for us, but it's past for you. It's so trippy. Wow. Okay, so if you want to listen to those episodes right away, please join us on the Patreon. But yeah. don't worry, because those will get to the main feed. And uh, speaking of yes. that, I think episode two of The Other Side of the Gate will uh, drop on the main feed here in the next week or so. Nice. Uh, is that right, Brent? I think so. We briefly talked about that, and yes, yep. I'm writing myself so. a note. Other side of the gate, ep two. Yep. So all sorts of fun stuff coming to your ear holes soon. (laughs) So growth. Main feed. All right. The note has been written. All right. Awesome. Well, um, with that, then, shall we dig into this episode? The 101st episode of Stargate SG-1. Let's get back into it. Let's do it. All right. This one is called Proving Ground. It is directed by Andy Makita. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've heard his name before. He directed Foothold a couple of seasons ago, which mm-hmm. is a connection to this episode. He also directed The Curse uh, and 2010, which we will be reviewing relatively soon. That's right. Um, he, has one epi- he has two episodes this season, uh, Proving Ground and one more coming mm-hmm. up. Okay. Uh, and so that is Andy Makita. He is uh, typically one to do uh, like camera or, you know, he does a lot of backstage stuff normally for the show. And then he's been able to direct a few episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I noticed that this episode has a lot of fun explosions in the things. Yes. Like that. And I think that <laughs> that has a lot to do with the fact that that's part of what he does. Unfortunately, so. when the explosions were happening, I was only hearing in the back of my head. Bigger. Bigger. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, The teleplay for this episode is by Ron Wilkerson. We've heard his name before. This is Mm -hmm. his third of four teleplay teleplay credits this season. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did Red Sky, uh, which seems like a long time ago. I know. And Between Two Fires, uh, which also seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, It's been busy, busy times. It has been. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> lots of been, and he's lots got one more episode this nice season. good so that is andy and ron we have several guest actors mm-hmm. in this uh we have courtney j stevens who plays lieutenant elliot mm-hmm. uh he studied theater at vancouver's studio 58 and he studied clown at ecole philippe uh Gallier in france ah. i butchered that but uh you know hey he did clown. Yeah, he did, he he studied he studied clown, which is like a, th- a, a. From what I understand, it's a lot tougher than one might think. Oh yeah, well there there's there's a lot that goes into being a clown than yeah. just simply painting your face. Yes. Um. He also <laughs> any idiot uh, can do that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. You, carry on. We could do that, but uh-huh. we wouldn't be clowns. It would be a poor right. choice. Yeah. Uh, his has a varied stage career that's taken him all over the world, including Asia and Europe, with tours of the silent solo show The Pianist, which hmm. is sort of a mix between Charlie Chaplin and Mr. Bean playing the piano. <laughs> nice. Which sounds just absolutely hilarious. Uh-huh. Yes. He's done uh, about a thousand different performances with Cirque du Soleil. Oh, in nice. a couple of different clown roles for that. So he did some clowning yeah, with yeah. them uh, in all uh, all over the world, in North and South America, uh, Europe, 
North and Central America, Europe, Scandinavia, Asia, Africa, Middle East, all over the place. Nice. Uh, some of his TV highlights include The Boys, which is a relatively new series, mm-hmm. um, Murdoch Mysteries, and Happy Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. We will see Lieutenant Elliot again in a future episode. Nice. Okay. If that's a sp- and we'll see Courtney again uh, in an episode of Atlantis. As somebody so other than in Atlantis, he plays a different character in gotcha. that series. Gotcha. So, nice. Um, now, his first IMDb credit came in 1995 when he played team number one in an episode of Mantis. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Mantis other than neither do I. That it is. Uh, it's apparently an acronym. It's M dot A dot N dot T dot I dot S dot Mantis. All right. I, I I need more coffee because for a beat, I'm like, I can come up with some silly backronym for that, can't I? And then the other half of my brain is like, do not even try it, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to bl- just completely wipe out if you attempt that right now. So yeah. we're not going to touch that one at all. We have Elizabeth Rosen, mm-hmm. who plays Lieutenant Jennifer Haley. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is returning. As Lieutenant Haley, we, of course, saw her first in the episode Prodigy, Uh Um, and so I'm not going to go into depth in her career now, but I do invite you to listen to that episode Prodigy, which is a season four episode, I believe, and you can learn all about her career. Including uh, the competition that she had with the other person who was actually named Jennifer Haley, or, or, uh, yeah, because she's Haley, right? Yes. Jennifer Haley. Which is yep. fun times. Good stuff. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. So we have also, uh, we'll go with uh, David Kopp, who plays Lieutenant Grogan. Uh-huh. Uh, he was born in 78 in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. He is an actor known for Freddy vs. Jason in 2003, mm-hmm. J-Pod in 2008, and then, of course, Romeo Must Die in 2000. In 2000. Other shows he's been include Blade the Series, Glory Days, and Da Vinci's Inquest. Mm-hmm. And his first IMDb credit also came in 1995 when he played guy number one in in uh, Saved by the Bell, The New Class. Ah, yes. So, going old gotcha. school. Gotcha. Um, we'll, uh, and then oh, I wanted to just mention real quick that we have uh, General Kerrigan. Uh, Michael Kopsa plays General Kerrigan. He's returning... Yep. Uh, from uh, the episode Prodigy as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then finally, I want to highlight Grace Park, who plays Ooh. Lieutenant Satterfield, which yeah. is probably the smallest of the roles in the four uh, recruits in this episode. However, um, right after this, she had a huge uh, run. She's had actually quite the career uh, playing uh, Boomer or yep. Athena in, yep. uh, Starga- in Battlestar Galactica. Um, she uh, also played a main character in Hawaii Five O mm-hmm. uh, in 2010. Following on CBS, um, she was born in Los Angeles, but then she moved to Canada when she was about 22 months old. Well, her hmm. family did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she grew up in Canada. She holds a degree in psychology from the University of British Columbia. Nice. Uh, she was originally an actor, and uh, I didn't get to write this down, but uh, um, uh, one of the, the things that she said, like, when she was going into acting, she's like, okay, I'll give myself a year 
to see if this works. And then if it doesn't, then I'll move on to whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just things just started exploding for her. And so she's had one heck of a career. She's done a great job with it. Um, this was Absolutely. one of her uh, first things, but not her first. Her first mm-hmm. IMDb credit came in 2000 when she played Asian Dancer in Romeo Must Die. Oh, so, so uh, it's a little reunion with uh, David Kopp. Uh, possibly. Uh, I yeah. don't think that he... I don't know. I have to look at But anyway, there you go. Yep. The original air date for Proving Ground was March 8, 2002. This is oh, significant wow. for... Yeah, so there's actually a, a significant uh, jump in time from last wow, time. Wow, I was not expecting that. Um, huh. I, I, was, I was this planned? Around. Yeah. So I was poking around to try to figure out what was going on. Um, and, I mean, it's not uncommon for them to have roughly in the middle of the series a, you know, midterm hiatus. Sure. Um, but I suspect that the September 11th attacks played a role in it, but I don't know that for a fact. Sure. Um, because, you know, I mean, that was something that, that affected everything. Yeah. Um, so, but there is a, a significant jump from uh, early to mid September all the way to this mid March date here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay. That does mean we are now in 2002. Yes. Um, which means uh, I am in my life uh, just about to celebrate my first anniversary mm-hmm. uh, with Julie. And then a few months later, we find ourselves in Japan. So that's a little nice. bit about my history. <laughs> yeah, at this point, I'm about to graduate from college, and I'm ready to get out of there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, number one on the charts on March 8, 2002, in the U.S. was Ain't It Funny by Jennifer Lopez. I don't remember it. I'm going to remember it. I'm playing. It's playing in the background right now, and my ah. future self is like, oh, yeah, this song. Course. Oh, well, as I listen to it, I'm like, oh, yeah, I probably recognize this song a yeah. little bit, kind of, yeah. maybe. Maybe. Yeah, okay. Sure. I'm sure I heard it once or twice. <laughs> um, anything is possible, yeah, which so. is the uh, UK number one at this point in time. Oh, I see what you did there. Uh, oh, yeah, that's yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's so, funny. you know. So that's playing now. Yep. So now anything is possible slash evergreen by Will Young is now playing. Uh, this is a song that, while anything is possible, the fact that I have listened to the song is highly unlikely. <laughs> Not impossible, because anything is possible, but uh-huh. unlikely. In any case, as we listen in the background to Anything is Possible, slash Evergreen by Will Young, I will talk about the box office for this weekend. Yes. We have, number one, The Time Machine, which is what we would need to do if I wanted to go back in time and I, I got nothing there. Yep. So yep. Uh, after The Time Machine is We Were Soldiers. Uh, after that, it's all about them Benjamin. All about the Benjamins. That, that, yes. That M is a typo. Uh, uh, I can see. take that off. All okay. about the Benjamins. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Nice. You know, and then, you know, it's 40 Days and 40 Nights, which is number four. <laughs> Normally, I compliment you on how you manage to make something out of nothing. Yeah. I got to tell you, yeah. this is nothing out of nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, so like you, as you were trying to figure out if you could come oh, up yeah. with an acronym for Manchester, totally. I'm looking at this. I got nothing. So so number five is John Q, 
John Q is number five. There, I'm just gonna finish it off. I have and, no idea even what John Q. What is whatever? I don't know. Um, the Time Machine is, of course, uh, a movie based on H.G. Wells's book. Yes, all about the Benjamins is probably something about money. Uh, Forty right. Days and Forty Nine <laughs> Nights. That's a rom com of some sort, I believe. I can't remember. Uh, we were soldiers. Is a movie about soldiers. I yeah. Was that but the John Mel Q, one? other yeah. than it's probably about John Q, I have no idea. I, I can't remember. Uh, the, the world, it, March 2002, I mentioned that I was about ready to graduate from college. It, it was a jumble of my own making. Like, there was, uh, I, it was, I was ready to leave. And yeah. they were ready to have me leave. It was it was yeah. mutual. Um, and I don't, I mean, like, my, my, my bearings on the outside world were pretty uh, insular. So, yeah. well, you know, at this point in time, um, March 8, 2002, uh, I was in, you know, I'd been graduated from college for a couple of years, but didn't really have any idea what I was going to do and how I was going to do it because mm -hmm. my original plan was to go to seminary right away and that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so this is the time in my life where I'm like, I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. I'm just, you know, I'm, that comes uh, later for me. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, at this point in time, um, <laughs> You know, I, I I was considering I was going to go to seminary, and that wasn't going to happen. Yes, I did go to seminary eventually. Later, I had no idea what was going on. Uh, I thought maybe I would become a manager at a pizza place because I was working at a pizza place at that point sure. in time. Maybe I, they were looking for managers. Maybe I could go that route. Um, you know, who knows? I didn't have any idea what I was going to do. Uh, I was feeling rather lost, uh, and it was about this time then uh, that uh, the prospect of going to Japan, teaching English for a couple of years came up, mm -hmm. uh, and that began a process of kind of helping to refocus things. So yes, uh, for those of you who are especially young listeners of our podcast, don't worry, it does. Well, I was going to say it gets better, but you know, who knows? It gets different. Uh, it gets different. But, but, uh, but uh, just trust the process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> trust the process and uh, just keep working. Um, and, 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 yeah, just trust the process. There you go. Yeah. In any case, we should get back because we got off track. Well, that's what we do. We, I mean, but you know, come on. This is all after right, all the so Stargate podcast. It is a star. This is our Stargate podcast. Stargate, 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 Stargate. Stargate, Stargate, yep. Stargate. All right. Yep. So what happened on this date or around mm -hmm. this date? Mm -hmm. On March 1, a few days, about a week before this episode aired, the Peseta, and I'm not certain if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, is discontinued as the official currency of Spain and is replaced with the euro. Aha. Okay. Um, so let's see here. Then also on March 1, uh, we have the U.S. invasion of Afghanistan. Uh -huh. Operation Anaconda <laughs> begins uh, in eastern <laughs> Afghanistan as U.S. Special Operations Forces infiltrate the Shahikot Valley mm -hmm. in eastern Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. uh, and, of course, this is all in response. This is the beginning of the war on terror. And um, I think, although it's hard to tell with what news is happening anymore, we still, we still have boots on the ground there, correct? I think. Yes, we still. Right? As of the recording of this podcast, we have January 2021. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and so this is actually the longest um, active military event in U.S. history. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. N you know, Almost um, 19 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, the, 
you know, we can look back at this and say entering in Afghanistan back then, while certainly plenty of things have happened that have potentially been good, um, my, my sad suspicion is that when the time comes for the United States to fully evacuate, which is probably going to happen sooner than later, um, things in Afghanistan is going, are going to revert back to the way things were prior to our arrival. Um, and if anything, as if history is any indication, then that's probably what's going to happen because the United States is not the first major military power in the globe to try to take over and quell and control in any capacity Afghanistan and every option, every time a country has done that, it has failed and it has reverted back to the system it had before, yeah. um, which is not necessarily a good system, but still. Yep. Yep. yep in yep. any case, on March 3rd, mm -hmm. citizens of Switzerland narrowly vote in favor of their country becoming a member of the United Nations. Oh, uh, yeah. So... Also on the third, the 33rd annual NAACP Image Awards um, uh, occur, and Ali wins Outstanding Motion Picture. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the fourth, Canada bans human embryo cloning, but permits government-funded scientists to use embryos left over from fertility treatments or abortions. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of complex stuff going on there. Um, and then on the 5th, we have something completely different because the American reality TV program, The Osbournes, featuring oh, the family yeah. of Ozzy Osbourne, premieres on MTV. Mm -hmm. Sharon! Yeah, that whole thing. Exactly. Yep. And then finally, on March 9, one day after this episode airs, Joe Sackick plays his 1,000th career NHL game. Dang. Which is... <laughs> that is a lot. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of games. Uh-huh. All right. So, given that this is a Stargate podcast and we yes. are talking about Proven Ground, it is yes. now time to talk about some trivia for this episode. Let's do that. Are you ready? Yes. All right. Uh, this episode uh, is very similar to the Star Trek Next Generation episode Lower Decks, which mm -hmm. aired in 1994, and that was also written by Ron Wilkerson. Oh, uh -oh. Nice. So we have I was some thinking Star about Trek that. and yeah. Stargate crossover again. Yep. Um, this was the first episode to air after the September 11th tax on uh -huh. the U.S. after a six-month break. We talked about that. Uh, the set for the training ground, that warehouse, was mm -hmm. previously used in SG-1 episodes Tin Man, Watergate, and Beneath the Surface. Mm -hmm. So we are back at that spot, um, and this time it is dressed completely different. Yes. Um, so... And uh, this episode was originally just a little bit short in time. And so the scene with Colonel O'Neill and Major Carter eating food in the mess hall discussing the recruits was written and added later. Nice. That was... So, I, uh, and, and I didn't that think that was out of place really at all. really nicely in there. Yeah. It wasn't... Yeah, it was just... Um, it, it was perhaps a little out of place in that we were in the mess hall for one little scene and then... We weren't never came back to that spot. But other than that, it fit in really quite nicely. I thought it fit in nicely. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Uh, I do have a quote from Gate World uh, from, uh, that I found on Gate World from uh, Joe Malozzi. Mm -hmm. um, 
And uh, this will be interesting because I don't know how, what your responses are to this episode. But here's mm-hmm. what he says. Some episodes you hate at the pitch stage but end up warming up once the story has been broken. Mm-hmm. Others you hate at the outline stage but end up actually liking once the script comes in. Still others you may hate at the script stage but love once the episode is completed. Mm-hmm. This is one of those rare episodes that I took issue with from the start to the finish and to this day ranks as one of my least favorites. Hmm. Why? Because it's not about our characters. That and the all-too-predictable late twist that anyone who has ever watched television before will see coming a mile off. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, he says, the episode was notable for an appearance of, by a then-relatively-unknown Grace Park as one of the young, he says cadets, but they're actually not cadets, they're, they're recruits, they're actually mm-hmm. officers at this point in time. Um, and then, of course, her career uh, explodes from there. Yes. So. So, Joe did not much care for this episode. Yeah. I'm interesting to see what you have to say. Okay. All right. Now, in other language, languages, the title for this episode in French, they call it Ordeal by Fire. Hmm. Hungarian calls it The Field of Acts. The <laughs> Italians call it Proving Ground. The Spanish mm-hmm. call it Proving Ground. Mm-hmm. The Czech call it Trial by Fire. Mm-hmm. And the Germans call it Trial. Trial. I'm wondering if this is definitely one of those episodes where they're basically translating it into whatever the local idiom is for proving ground. Right? Because proving ground means something suspicion. extremely Yeah. Yeah. I have a suspicion that trial by itself is probably not, but I don't know that for a fact. Unless uh, right. be, Bewerungsprobe uh is is something that's uh, uh closer to, to that and I don't know. Yeah, dunno. Don't know. In any case. Yep. Are you ready for the synopsis? Let's get into this. All right, here we go. The synopsis for Proving Ground. O'Neill and Teal'c are leading a team of young officers, Lieutenants Elliot, Haley, Satterfield, and Grogan, through a wooded area toward a warehouse. Daniel and Sam have been captured by a ghoul and are inside. O'Neill orders the lieutenants to guard the perimeter while the colonel and Teal'c enter the facility. Elliot wonders whether they should all go in, but follows his orders. Elliot orders Satterfield and Grogan to head to the back while he and Haley stay at the front door. Soon they begin to hear gunfire. Grogan wants to storm the castle, but Elliot hesitates. They're supposed to guard the perimeter. O'Neill jumps on the radio and calls for backup. Elliot and his team rush in. Inside, they see O'Neill and Teal'c unconscious on the ground. Sam and Daniel are pointing weapons at each other. Sam says she's Tok'ra and Daniel is Gul'wuld. Daniel claims that Sam is the Gul'wuld. Elliot and his team seem to hesitate, not knowing quite what to do. Suddenly, Grogan shoots Carter and takes her out. Elliot and Grogan begin arguing about whether that was the right call. It wasn't. Because Daniel is, in fact, a ghoul He draws his gun and proceeds to shoot all four of the young officers. Seconds later, O'Neill pops up from the ground. He is not happy. This whole scenario was a training exercise, and Elliot and his team failed. If this were real, there would now be a ghoul loose on Earth. Are you okay with that? I'm not. (laughs) O'Neill chastises the potential SGC recruits for failing the mission. Later in the mess hall, Carter and O'Neill discuss these recruits. 
O'Neill is uncertain about them. Elliot thinks too much, making him indecisive. Grogan will make a good target someday. Satterfield is Satterfield, and Haley is a brilliant four foot nine fighting machine. Did you note the sarcasm? <laughs> the next day. We're back at the training facility for another test. The recruits are to storm the facility, find an alien device, watch out for the enemies guarding it, and get back to the gate in 12 minutes, starting now. Grogan, unsurprisingly, gets shot again. Elliot tells him to get out of the building on his own while the rest continue on. They find the device, but while examining it, a booby trap is triggered and a countdown begins. A moment of indecision. What do you want me to do? Do you want me to try to un- un- disarm it? What do you want me to do? Uh, nope, nope. Let's get out of the complex. Let's get out of here. O'Neill is waiting impatiently for them at the front door of the warehouse. The device explodes. Grogan did not make it out. If this had been real, he'd be dead. Jack condemns Elliot for leaving a man behind. This is the one thing he will not tolerate under any circumstances. He declares the exercise a failure and is truly considering washing them all out of the program. But before O'Neill can finish his epic rant, they are saved by the cell as the colonel's phone begins to ring. There's a situation at the SGC, a foothold situation of some kind. While he's talking, several Hummers approach. O'Neill ends the call and the recruits watch as they see him swap the clip in his gun from the Intar rounds to real bullets. O'Neill orders them to stay put as he turns to the approaching convoy. After a few words, bullets fly! O'Neill takes out all the enemies, but gets shot in the side in the process. Holding his team back for a moment, Elliot assesses the situation, and then they all run forward toward the colonel. They offer their help in dealing with this foothold situation in the SGC. O'Neill isn't certain he wants their help, but as they point out, they are all he has available. They head to the SGC and sneak in through an emergency escape hatch. Once inside, they find they head toward the armory and stock up on stun weapons. O'Neill also gives each of them a backup live ammunition handgun. The next step is Carter's lab. She was the one who got the word out to O'Neill. If she's alive, she'll be able to help them. Once inside her lab, they discover that the entire SGC appeared to be under the control of some kind some kind of mind control device. Something is going on. Daniel appears to be in charge. And they do notice in the cameras, as they look around everything, that there is a device in the briefing room that appears to be a ghoul in origin that is likely a significant piece to this puzzle. They need to take control of the gate and shut it down and find more information. O'Neill wants to go along with the recruits, mostly because he doesn't trust them to get things accomplished. But Elliot urges him to stay behind. He's injured, and he won't help the team in any way if he dies. O'Neill relents and agrees to stay behind in the lab. Grogan and Satterfield make their way to Daniel's lab to see if there's anything that will help them figure out what the device is, while Elliot and Haley make their way to the gate room to shut the gate down. O'Neill waits in Carter's lab watching the young team work. The phone rings, and he answers it. Quickly, and before Elliot and Haley can enter the embarkation room, he recalls them back to his position. Satterfield and Grogan discover some information in Daniel's lab. The device appears to have been built by Pelops from the planet Argos. Back in the lab, they begin to put the pieces together. Haley discovers nanobots in the blood sample taken from one of the guards they had taken out. 
Uh, these nanobots are similar to the ones that have artificially aged O'Neill when he visited Argo several years back. Do you all remember that gem of a first season episode? Because I do. No, I don't. Remember, it's the first thing to um, go. Yeah, well, fair enough. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> These nanobots seem to have more power to control the behavior, thoughts, and actions of their hosts than the ones that infected Colonel O'Neill. They begin to formulate a plan. That device in the briefing room is likely the control device for these nanobots. If they take it out, that should cause the nanobots to shut down. Elliot's team prepares and departs to storm the briefing room. Once they've left, Jack gets on the phone and tells someone that they're on their way. In the hall, the recruits approach and find Carter around a corner. They search her and deem her that deem that she's okay. They return ba turn back and return to her lab with the Major. Back in the lab, however, they surprise O'Neill, removing the restraints on a captured guard. He, he claims that he was just going to try to interrogate the guards, but Elliot doesn't believe the colonel. Carter pulls Satterfield's sidearm and declares to the group that O'Neill must have been compromised. Elliot shoots O'Neill with his intar. Carter asks how he knew he could trust her. And Elliot reveals that Haley's analysis of the nanobot suggests that her ghoul markers in her blood would prevent the nanotechnology from working on Carter. Lucky for her. Carter remains in the lab to watch over the recruits while they head back out to finish the mission. They split up. Haley returns to the gate room to take control of the gate and shut everything down, while the other three attack the briefing room. In the lab... O'Neill recovers from the Intar blast and is really pissed off that Elliot shot him. He's also a little incredulous that Carter claimed that he'd been compromised. She, on the other hand, claims that she had no choice. They didn't take the hallway he told them to take, and they bumped into her unexpected, and she had to improvise. She tells him that the generals, Hammond and Kerrigan, are monitoring the whole situation from the security room in a higher level. In that security room, Generals Hammond and Kerrigan discuss the supposed foothold situation, which of course is actually a huge training exercise. Can you believe it? What? Whoa. What? Whoa! The recruits then launch their attack on Daniel and Teal'c. Grogan uh, gets shot again, not surprisingly. And then, <laughs> however, after shooting everyone else, Satterfield sets a C4 charge on the table next to the alien device. They pull Grogan to safety, waiting for the explosion. But when the timer reaches zero and there isn't a big boom, the team is confused. Carefully checking the situation, they are surprised when SG-1 and the generals reveal that this whole thing has been a training exercise. Oh my goodness! And they congratulate the lieutenants for a job well done. Nicely Yay! done. Nicely well done. done. Well done. Well done. Haley, however, is still in the embarkation room trying to finish her part of the mission. Suddenly, the Stargate engages and opens a wormhole that turns out to be releasing deadly radiation. Haley, and tri Haley tries to manually override the iris, but is electrocuted in the process and passes out. With the radiation pouring through the gate, Haley is already dead and everyone is in danger. 
Elliot ignores Hammond's orders to evacuate and runs into the embarkation room anyway to close the iris and hopefully reduce or eliminate the radiation from destroying everybody. He succeeds, and then he turns his attention to Haley. Oh my goodness, she's alive! He gets on the radio and calls for help. He needs a medical team. Suddenly, the lights return to normal and the blast door raises and Elliot realizes that he's been tricked once again. Oh. Even the radiation was a training exercise. Mm. Lieutenant Haley is perfectly fine. In fact, she was in on the whole thing. How whole do you thing. think she could make them see nanobots when there weren't nanobots? Mm-hmm. SG-1 congratulates the recruits once again, and all four members are told that they have a bright future in the SGC. Hammond informs Elliot that he will be assigned to Stargate SG-17 SG under the command uh, of Major Mansfield. Mm -hmm. The rest of the team will be assigned to teams as spaces become available. The end. The end. So, Brent. Mm-hmm. It's all a ruse! It's all a ruse! What'd you think? So, um... Part of me wants to draw out the suspense a little bit. Um, this episode, as uh, Joseph Malazzi has accurately um, mentioned, uh, this one is seemingly not really about our heroes, right? We're we're following we're following the 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 stories of these four recruits um, pretty closely, right. and at several points in the episode, I have thought to myself, "Wait, is this the end?" No, this isn't the end. Is it now? The, it seems a little early for it to be the end. No, it's not the end. Okay, yeah, it's definitely not the end. Um, is the end? Oh, oh, here we are. Oh, this is the end. Huh, okay. Um, and if a person is expecting my flippant remarks in the middle of reading the synopsis, and if they're expecting my um, sort of confusion as to where we were within the story to be markers of me not enjoying the episode... Um, they would be completely wrong because I really did enjoy the episode quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason why was because I was seeing, as I was alluding to, and I was talking about how I was sort of watching the, the writing get pretty smart. I can't remember if we did that when we were recording or before, but um, um, no, we did before. Uh, I, at the, the very, there was, there was two parts about it, which made me actually really quite enjoy that. One of it was a little bit of fourth wall breaking that happened at the very end when um you know oh that that lieutenant got tricked again but this time it's for good reasons and hey congratulations you did great kid but how do you know that uh, that this still isn't a test and then the the cyber, the klaxons blare and the the light spins right um you know like that's right, that's right. our that's yep. our fade is that you know it looks like another emergency is starting to happen and i viewed that as a meta nod to the audience i um ended up taking this entire episode with a grain of salt um not necessarily trying to wedge it in uh neatly into a perfect timeline of Stargate SG1 um i as a result ended up kind of viewing this one like this is a fun story about how they figure out who's actually cut out for um working working at the SGC uh, to figure out if, they, if they're able to handle uh, this kind of uh, these kinds of missions. And there were a lot of aspects which represent plot holes in this one. There were a lot. Um, yes. I thought that they were 
pretty neatly tidied up. Not in a way that was perfectly believable, or maybe better said, not in a way that made me go, oh, I see. Oh, that's clever. But more along the lines of like plausible deniability at every step of the way that wasn't so terrible as to be unbelievable. That, you know, that the entire SGC was was a part of a training scenario is a little unbelievable because what happens if there's actually a real emergency? You know, everybody's running around with blanks in their gun right now. That doesn't seem particularly wise. Um, also, you know, Hammond literally saying the words, this is not a drill. Those are like sacred words, man. Like, <laughs> like... Like, yeah. I don't know that for a fact because I'm not on the inside of that stuff, but I got to imagine that if you are kidding when you say this is not a drill, um, how do you know when the next thing is not going to be just a drill that you're saying isn't a drill, but it really is a drill um, or a fake situation, which is why that tail end line, how do you actually know that the test ended and then broop, the emergency starts to happen again, I thought was a wink and a nod from the writers to the audience going, yeah, yeah, yeah. This this story is a little goofy. Um, this this one this one isn't quite as tight as as what probably it should be if what we were trying to do is portray a perfect um real you know representation about what a alternate universe would look like where we had a Stargate and we did these missions and it was controlled by the United States Air Force and it was set in 2002, right? Like, sure. yep. um, I'm willing to to say, you know, um, this actually is a television show and these are people that we call actors and that thing over there is what's called a set and none of this is real and it's all in our imaginations. So how about we just run with it for a minute and, and enjoy a decent enough story. So as a result, I did kind of enjoy a decent enough story and I, I thought that the acting was okay. Um, it wasn't the greatest, but it was fine. Uh, you know, the, there's a, there are definitely some weird questions about the purpose of this whole thing. Like, I mean, yeah, I get it. It was to figure out if Lieutenant What's-His-Face was any good, but you know, it seems like a lot of effort to figure out if Lieutenant What's-His-Face is any good. Um, you know, there, there's, there's yeah. a little bit of, uh, implausibility about the, the totality of the song and dance that they go through and they really like throw out all the stops, right? Like. They they really they really are engaging all sorts of aspects. They're putting up a lot. They're they're spending a lot of money <laughs> in the yes, form of people's are. salary um, <laughs> to to do this, right? Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but still, at the end of it, I was smiling and I was and I was enjoying it and I was like, that was a fun story. I kind of I really liked kind of watching that one play out. But for its meta quality, so that's where I was at. What about you, Zach? How how do you feel about this episode? So, I'm middling on this episode. Sure. Um, you know the, uh, you know I I always you know like the episode Lower Decks from Star Trek: The Next Generation is mm-hmm. actually a really fascinating story that looks at you know some ensigns as as they try to navigate uh their their early parts of their career on the Enterprise mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Um, and and this just smack you in the face with the same type of thing. Um, uh, it does end pretty radically differently, so I don't feel that it's it's just a rehash of the same story. Uh, mm-hmm. but it's definitely got the same roots in it. Um, I do appreciate being able to see um people and, and tell stories of people who aren't the heroes, yeah, uh, who aren't SG one. So uh, while I hear what Malazzi was saying, 
uh, about this is ultimately not a story about our heroes. I get that, and I understand that's a legitimate complaint. That doesn't bother me because, uh, you know, as long as it's not happening all the time, which it's not, this is basically the first episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So we get to see a glimpse of things different. And so I appreciate that. Um, But there are some... You know, there are some things that, uh, uh, you know, and I mean, in terms of acting, you got to see uh, O'Neill at the heck out of this. Yes. Richard Dean Anderson did a great job. I was noticing that when he was dealing with the the control box on as they're breaking into the SGC, uh, you know, he's supposed to have this wound in his side, right? And you you look at him, and you can see that his hands are not steady. Now, I was looking for things ah, like this. Yes, but 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 this was like so like he was selling. So it. not not only was I mean, so who, who was doing the acting? Was it O'Neill or was it RDA? It was both. But but you could because you know we we know at that point in time we figured that well. We can make a legitimate assumption that that uh, uh, O'Neill was actually injured at that point in time. You, you could go either way with that. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, but we right. find out later that in fact he wasn't. But you could kind of see that he was just a little bit, uh, you know, and you can yep. kind of see that little bit shaking his hand. Uh, it wasn't a lot, but it was just enough there that I'm like, dude, that that's just a really nice little little uh, tidbit of quality there in in the yeah. acting such. Um. There, there were a couple of times where I thought Elliot, however, uh, like after Elliot gets shot or after O'Neill gets shot and all of this stuff. And and now at this point in time, basically all the bad guys are on the ground and mm-hmm. O'Neill has been shot. He's like, wait a second. Wait, wait. OK, now we can go. I'm like, what the heck was that? Eh, yeah, that was dumb. That was just plain dumb. Uh, I don't care if you're indecisive. Um, and, you know, we find out that, that he's not so indecisive as he is uh, over-thoughtful. Uh, you know, he, he thinks and tries to analyze things really quickly. But, but good gracious, that was just... And it looked dumb, in my opinion. This is just... Don't sugarcoat it, Zach. Old just, man. just tell um, me how you really feel. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> so, you know, the the plausibility of, you know, I, I don't, the plausibility of using the SGC in this capacity for four cadets is sp- three, three. Well, not, three. they're not cadets, they're lieutenants, but for three yeah. of them, because we find at the end that Lieutenant Haley has already gone through this process herself. Yeah. yeah. So it's not... The, they were testing three of them, mm-hmm. um, and, and it just it stretches credulity for me for yep. that. Sure, um, you know. So just you know, the the acting, other than that one spot, the acting is pretty good. Um, you know, when they get into the firefight and and Haley has to pull her sidearm and and shoot the guy. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, I, I, when I watched that episode, uh, she actually sells that really well too. Because oh yeah, she has to know that the gun that she just pulled on and shot that guy was a blank, and she has to sell that she just shot this dude to, um, you know, what's his name to Elliot. Yep. Yep. Uh, of course, then you got like okay, so if she just shot him with a blank, and they take his dead body and haul it somewhere else, um, well, 
you know, blanks don't cause pulses to end. Yes. Um. So you know the the intars I don't have a problem with, but the that you know, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it's there's a lot of things. Uh, there's a lot of things to like about it in some regards, and yet it's just kind of a story that that just kind of sits there. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't really continue the story. It doesn't really um broaden the the universe a whole lot. Uh, we do find out that there are 17 SG teams now. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yep. You know, we find out that they're planning to have, uh, in the budget at least, a request for an off-world base so they could train yep. uh, recruits and all that stuff, which is cool. Um, but those are both kind of, I mean, the the whole 17 SG teams is just, hey, this is bigger than it used to be because they started off with nine. Mm-hmm. Um uh, so they've you know almost doubled the number of SG teams uh, in five years, which is impressive. Um, and they're looking to expand off-world, which is nice because there were times when O'Neill wanted to do that and they kind of rejected that, but now mm-hmm. things have developed. So, okay, all of these things are happening, but they don't really continue the storyline a whole lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just... No, that's uh, respectable. This this is an episode where I mean I appreciate what you said when when you said this is sort of a a, a tongue in cheek episode that kind of nods toward the audience and says is this the end is it not the end is this real is this not real but good gracious what a head trip on Elliot the fact that this by itself doesn't screw him up assuming it doesn't screw him <laughs> up <laughs> I mean you know there's yeah the 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 um. You know, big marks against it is the is the aspect of um, at some point you you have to assume that uh, somebody I don't know Hammond I mean not Hammond somebody else I guess the president of the United States you have to assume that the president of the United States goes to Lieutenant Elliot and says okay for real for real I'm looking you straight in the eye. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you, it's done. You're in. You're fine. Every problem that arises from here on out is a real problem that you're going to have to. We're done. It's okay. No sweat. You did great, kid. We're not fooling around anymore because of the because of the wolf problem. You know, they they cried wolf twice in this thing, Um, you know, and then and then, of course, that's half the reason why I enjoyed so much was that that tail end, that acknowledgement (laughs) of this whole story was built on crying wolf a couple of times. How yep. do you actually know that we're not we're done crying wolf and fade to black as you actually don't? Um, yeah. So yeah, if if uh, if this is going to be a straight um, documentary about how life in that alternate universe runs with the SGC, then this is a completely terrible thing. Like this is a disaster. <laughs> this is an, <laughs> this is a completely overly expensive waste of time, needlessly risky. Um, show just to figure out the competency of one person and you put a whole bunch of people's uh, uh, you know time and effort into this ruse that's going on um, this thing is a complete and utter abomination Car- you know like Hammond should lose his job the whole thing should shut down this is not how you do that you don't run a program like that you don't put the whole thing at risk like that this is stupid 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 but I don't view this show like that I view this as a television show, which has to entertain me. And by gum was I entertained. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, the, the episode, 
as a as a unit, you know, as a piece of television, uh, while not being especially uh, unique, right. uh, does hold my attention. You know, yes. it holds my attention for the whole forty-two minutes, forty-four yeah. minutes, whatever it is, um, and so that I appreciate. Um, it's got characters uh, that are. You know, I mean, basically beyond our regular characters, you're you're, you're following Haley and and Elliot, mm-hmm. uh, Grogan and Satterfield are both there, and you know you care about them, but you don't really care about them, right? Um, so you're really following Elliot, and then to a lesser degree, Haley, mm-hmm. um, and those are characters that are worth paying attention to, sure, uh, and and following, and you know, so it's not like ah oh, them, you know, yeah. Um, so, in that regard, it's good, um, but it doesn't, you know. So I, I did mention that we'll see Elliot again. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll also see Grogan again. Oh, okay. uh, spoiler alert: We won't see uh, Satterfield again. But uh, also keep in mind that in two thousand two, uh, Grace Park would have recently been uh, hired on to do yes. the. Yes. Uh, She's uh, going to be busy the here in a second. series for Battlestar Galactica. So <laughs> yeah. the fact that you don't see her again is not a surprise. Nope, nope. She's uh, <laughs> she's she's in the middle of doing uh, probably one of the most influential blockbuster as sci fi's uh, in television history. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's arguably, huge. arguably, it's huge. Yes. Um. So, um. You know. So we do see some of these characters again. Um. And. I will say, let me think. I yeah, I can say this. When we see those characters in the future, um, it means something more about those characters because we've had this experience. Okay, right. So yeah. well, we we know these characters now. Yeah, and so yeah. when we see them again, we're like, oh, yeah. there they are again. And yeah, yeah, yeah. so you know, so th- gotcha. that means something. Um, and so yep. in that regard, uh, there is something valuable to it, but. Um, it's also, you know, that that's, was this an episode that was necessary? No. Um, because you could have done that in different ways. Yep. Um, on the flip side, I really appreciate that they have a callback to Pelops and Argos. Yes. Uh, even if that episode by itself was just a pile of flaming, uh, <laughs> intergenerational farming. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you know, um, I, I like the callback to have the Intars, right? Because we had that episode, um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it off the top of my head, uh, but with the, the Jaffa recruits, and now they're taking those uni- those uh, uh, equipment and using it for their own use here, which is great, because yep. this is, you know, that's a perfect way of doing that. Yep. So, you know, I appreciate that. That's really nice. Uh, so those callbacks are really cool to to help connect this into the the larger uh, uh, river that is the the show and the 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 story. Yeah, uh, sure. But you know, aside from these little bitty things here, it's just kind of for me. This is an episode that just kind of sits there in the middle. Yep, it's just kind of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't love it. I don't hate it. That's very sensible. There you go. Um, do you have anything else to add to it at this point in time? No, nope. I think I've said everything I want to say about that. Yep. Okay. Okay. Any favorite spots of the episode that just made you giggle or smile or anything like that? Um, 
That's a fine question. The short answer is none that I can recall, but um, but there were plenty of moments where, I mean, in the same way that you were saying, like, you know, it held your attention, right? Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as I mentioned, I was a little unclear as to where the story was going to actually end. You know how you get a feel for, you know, X1, X2, X3, X4. You know, you get a feel yeah. for where you are within the story, and then you know that you're getting to the end, and blah, 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 right? And it was a little tough for me to get that feel for this one. So, you know, that's typically a mark against it. Um uh, but, uh, that said, uh, it wasn't like I was bored at any point. It was just, it was, it was just a moment of, wait, are we at the end? We're, it's too early for the end. What's going on? You know, how is this, how is this going to continue? Oh, this is how it's going to continue. Like, you know, there was a little bit of that. So then Brent, I yes. think this is the time when I ask you finally, yeah. how many <laughs> chevrons does proving ground get? All right. And if you want to like pull a teaser and like say it's like one, then then like like pull the wool over my eyes and say it's something else and something else, that would be fitting for this episode. But that's a good point. It'd be a big ruse in that respect. It would be in that regard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that would absolutely be fitting. So no, um, instead of doing what I did when I was sort of uh, sort of trying to make a little suspenseful uh, with my analysis, I'm going to just go straight in with my review. And or my rating, and then tell you why. So this one, I'm gonna go with what I thought of when I finished watching the episode. When I thought about it for a minute, this one is a seven. This is a Bane seven. Now, what wow. do I mean by that? I am being very intentional here, and it didn't really hit me why I liked Bane so much until I got to the end of this episode. Why did I like Bane so much? Because it was dumb. It was flipping. Dumb. It was dumb, 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 dumb. They did dumb so well. I was really enjoying watching them do dumb. <laughs> and by the end of the episode, when they show a scene of of Michael Shanks squirting, um, uh, oh my gosh, Teal'c, Christopher Judge in the chest with uh, actually with a, it was the other way around. Christopher Judge shoots Michael in the chest. Was it the other way around? Okay, fine. So Christopher Judge uh, squirting Michael Shanks in the chest with a super soaker as a nod to wasn't this wasn't this just stupid? Um, I felt like seeing the the klaxon buzzer swing around fade to black was a nod to like wasn't this just ridiculous? Like you like this one's silly. This one is like look. We're going to end it with the notion of when do you actually know that the test is over and we're going to do it in a way that makes you go, yeah, 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 exactly. We know precisely that you can't know when the test is over. How dumb is that? And then when you take a look backwards with that in your mind, going back through the episode, you're like, oh, well, in all these other moments where how dumb is that? It's like, yeah, that is dumb. So then at the end of it, what do I feel? I felt I was I was smiling. I was laughing. I'm like, that was all right. That was a good show. It was dumb. That was dumb, but I had a fun time and I got to the end of it. It's like, yeah, how would you know? Huh? Oh, well, and now I'm walking on. Am I going to go back and watch this episode again to be like, this is such great television? No, I am not. Unless somebody (laughs) votes for it 10 times. That's a good point. (laughs) People are going to disagree with my rating 100%. And this is another one of those moments where it just worked for me. And it worked for me on a meta level. I was enjoying watching a television show for a television show's sake, not a good piece of story. So yeah, it's absolutely a seven. I had a delight watching it, but only in retrospect, immediately after having the thing end. So much fun. I'm going to be by myself with the seven. I don't care. I had a great time. Cool. How about you? So as I said before, this was kind of a 
middling episode. Yeah. It was, so, uh, like you, I'm going to just say my number. My number is four. Yeah. Uh, and I was thinking, you know, it's like, this is better than 50%. It's, it's you know, it's um, it's a fine episode. It's not bad. It's yes. not terrible. Um, but at the same time, it doesn't fall into the category of good. Uh, and you need to be good uh, or even better than good if you're going to get a five, a six, or a seven, I think. Sure. Um and so this just kind of sits there right in that middling section. Um, you know, uh, it's it's not one that I would uh, avoid, um, but I'm not going to seek it out right. either. Right. So it's a four. Totally. It's just right there. All right. Totally. So we have predictions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm absolutely. Really oh, gosh. No. Everybody's going to come in with you on this one for a fact. This one's way too full of holes. This was this was silly. This is this doesn't make any sense. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, well, we're going to uh, see what people have to say. Sure. All right. We start off with Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim says, "I find nothing glaringly wrong with this episode, but after the first viewing, the mystery is known, and oh, I just yeah, can't get yeah, overly yeah, excited. Yeah. It's a four for me." Yep. I will guess a four from Zach and a five from Brent because with the first watch, it could be a bit more fun. Yeah. And don't trust her. She's a Cylon. Don't trust her. She's a Cylon. Oh, man. I, now I got to think through the whole storyline imagining it, that she's a Cylon. You, 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 you could do that. Well, because the whole episode is like a ruse and a ruse within a ruse. Why not add another ruse to it? Well, that is, that, that, that is the meta of all meta ruses. I'm going I, to. I, so you keep going. Not gonna, okay. uh, uh, yeah, you just keep going. That's All right, so we have Sean. Hi, Sean. Sean says, I'd forgotten this episode, but I could kind of tell something was off. Yet another foothold situation? This gets a five from me, and I predict a six from Brent and a five and a half from Zach. It's actually not, not, not too far off. <laughs> not too far off. Um, <laughs> well done. There you go. We have Susan who says, Hello, Susan. Meh episode. Mm hmm. Best part was Daniel get to be Gua Wooled and Jack got uh, <laughs> got him shot in the final simulation. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Um, my guess is a four from both Zach and Brent Very with a close. bonus point for having number eight Sharon Valeri as a recruit. Yep. Yep. Um, so, you know, that was right on for me for, I agree with you, Susan. It's just kind of right in the center. It's just, yep. It's there. Um, Kimberly, however, disagrees. Kimberly. She thinks oh, that both yeah. of us are going to give this a six. Really? She, yep. She says, I'll buck the trend and say that both of you will rank this high. It's a fun episode. Who doesn't love Daniel Jackson playing the bad guy? Yeah. And uh, spoilers, we'll see these kids again. Yep. That's not a spoiler because I've already not mentioned really. it to you. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, we have uh, David. This Hi, is David. Our good friend, David. Who normally sends us emails, and this time he sent us a, a, a Facebook message, and he says, "Hey, I can do mm -hmm. Facebook Chevron Ray predictions too." <laughs> that, and I forgot to send an email. He's, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep, yep, absolutely, David. Anyway, good episode. He says, "I like the fake outs, leaving you to wonder: Do they or do they not know? Does SG One yep. know that they know they or don't know?" <laughs> 
Do, do they know? know? Do, they know? do the writers know? know? Who knows? You know, maybe we know that we know. We know that they know that we know that they know that we know that. <laughs> I can clearly not choose the wine in front of you. <laughs> Never mess with death when a gold is on the line. Wait, there no, you go. It. It's I got that line totally wrong, but whatever. We're Never mess with, with a ghoul wound when death is when on death the is line. death is on the is line. What you That's how it really should have been. Thank you, Zach. Yep. Anyway, he says Brent will give us five chevrons for the fake outs. Yep. Zach will give it four chevrons because he's already been faked out and it didn't fall for the fakery again. <laughs> so you know, there, there is definitely something to that. Um, uh huh. Oh yeah, seen I believe this episode that. A number of times. Uh, you you know how it's going on. I will say that I did appreciate. You probably missed it, but when uh, Carter uh, and O'Neill have that confrontation, and then Elliot shoots O'Neill, right? Yeah. Uh, and Carter asks the question, "How do you know that you could trust me?" Yeah. And uh, uh, Elliot says, "Well, uh, uh you know." Uh, uh, Haley figured that your blood, blah, 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 can't do all blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And my first response is, okay, yeah, but what about Teal'c? Teal'c has clearly been infected, and surely there's enough stuff in his system with the goo wound in his gut that yep. that would not work on him either. But, you know, anyway. Uh, and Carter says, lucky for me. And then there's this kind of close-up on uh, Haley, who just has this tiny little smirk on sure. her face. I did notice and the smirk, but so, yeah. So I appreciate yeah. that because when you know that she already knows, yeah, uh, then that's a little little tidbit to say that, and yet it doesn't necessarily give it away. So we didn't get into it, and we're in the middle of a of listener predictions. But I um, didn't tell you, Zach, when I f- figured out within the episode that the whole thing was still a training exercise. Oh yeah, when was that? Yeah, it was. Uh, it was immediately after. O'Neill agrees to take the recruits with him to try to take back the SGC. It was immediately after that. It was when they did the B-roll shot of the soldiers standing out front of the Cheyenne Mountain complex. And Mm. there was just something about it. And it was B-roll. And, you know, it's throwaway footage. But it was was a moment where, boy, they're all walking around like nothing's going on. And I get it. It was it was literally a half a second B roll to 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 reset the. It wasn't meant to communicate anything, but yet it did. And so mm. for the entire episode, I was watching this like, oh, the training mission is keep keep me going on. The only time I had a doubt was when I thought I saw Haley shoot a soldier with a live round. What I thought mm. was a live round. I didn't know that those were blanks. Like I thought to myself, whoa, this just went sideways. I thought the episode was going to go into the direction of, oh, no, no, no. It's just a drill. You can stop. But, you know, it didn't. And like I said, tail end, it all winked and nodded at me and went, wasn't this ridiculous? And I'm like, yes, it sure was. This was ridiculous. Indeed. <laughs> well, we have one more prediction. This is okay. from Julie. Hi, Julie. She says, this episode is fine, I guess, and completely inconsequential. Guessing yes, a four that. from Zach and a five from Brent because he was surprised by the twists. Maybe. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Turns out. Turns out. I didn't Turns talk to you about how I wasn't surprised by the twists. Yep. Well, you know, there you go. Yep. So, um, let me see here. But that I guess check. I mean to say, and I'm doing, I'm, I'm bucking the trend of our show. Uh, I guess what I'm, re- what I'm also sort of alluding to is that as the story was progressing. 
um, I wasn't finding it to be particularly galling because I was viewing it through the eye of this is this the test is still going right like this is like I was I was actually a little bit worried that the C4 was going to blow up because I'm like mm. oh I bet you that they didn't see this coming and of course they did and I was like oh yeah of course they saw this coming because it was a test right you know what I mean like the whole thing I was just like yeah yeah so again you, under normal circumstances this would have tanked with me except that they gave me that they 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 gave me that wink at the tail end that made all the difference all the difference in the world ah well there you go there you go so that all the difference that one little red light flashing around seriously everything. i'm not kidding it really that that was the moment where i was like they know this is not a good show <laughs> they know this one's bad <laughs> <laughs> they know it's bad and they're letting me know they know it's bad and i can appreciate that they know that and i'm gonna go light right along with them two friends well that is the end of our predictions thank you very much uh -huh. for those of you who uh did that um, and as always, you can send those predictions via email, or you can, of course, uh, comment on the Facebook thread um, when we when I post that. Mm -hmm. uh, I was actually good this time and got it posted out last night. I feel so proud of myself. Hey, nice. Yep. Uh, I was also thinking, uh, Brent, that it might be worthwhile to consider uh, posting that out on Twitter as well, but uh, I haven't gotten that far yet, so maybe uh, we'll... That's a we'll we can definitely talk about that. Yes. Yep. All right. Anyway, the next episode, Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 102nd episode <laughs> is entitled 48 Hours. Uh-huh. And I ask you, my dear friend, what is 48 Hours all about? Um, okay. 48 Hours. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travels through the gate, but they do not find themselves in a strange world. In fact, they return to P3X whatever that, and the planet name also escapes me, the one where, where Pelops was doing the intergenerational Argos. farming. Argos. In fact, they're returning to Argos, a peculiar choice, seeing as we literally were just talking about it in the last week's episode, and also that this, uh, the episode where this uh, even occurred is such a dumpster fire, nobody wants to remember it. However, <laughs> there they go. And indeed, in arriving there for unspecified reasons other than some techno babble that is given to us at the very beginning of the show, unfortunately, the whole team is infected by nanites. Wait, oh, no! what? I thought we fixed this before, but in fact, indeed... We were wrong somehow, and it doesn't matter, but it gets worse. After returning back through the gate, not only are they infected with nanites that somehow miraculously stay only inside the SG-1 team, thereby making this episode possible, they are immediately sent back out on another mission, which takes them back to uh, that one planet where O'Neill was stuck for 100 days, and he thought he was going to be all by himself, and he just made peace with that plan. But indeed, and wasn't the gate destroyed there? It doesn't matter, they're back there. But somehow, oh no, the gate actually does get destroyed again this time, and they're stuck on that planet again, this time with the whole team. And there's a bunch of tense moments as O'Neill tries to talk about what happened before with that one nice lady that he was going to start a family with, etc. But now everybody has a decision to make because they're all stuck on the planet, and they're going to have to get, figure out how to to integrate within the society because they believe that they're stuck but making matters worse is that they're infected by the nanites which rapidly ages them very fast so if for them 100 days turns into 48 hours see what i did there i chose to put wow something from one part 
to this and put it together. Join us next time on Stargate SG-1, 48 hours. <laughs> I'm time dilation. So, time so I am absolutely convinced that that would be an episode. That they would actually do that? <laughs> no, no, that it would. That if they did that, it would be an episode. Oh, I see. <laughs> that you could theoretically make a story that that technically did that. No, but, no, probably not even oh. that. It would just <laughs> be sort of you know it. You you were like well that happened. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. So okay. That, that that that's that's not quite what this episode is about. You, you, no, is there going to be there's not going to be any nanites and and uh, living living a hundred days in in two? Um, no, no, no. no. I'll, I'll I'll spoil that one for you. That ah. ain't happening. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> well, that said, uh huh. Shall we watch the promo for this to find out what forty eight hours is actually about? Yes, let's get into this. All right. I am hitting play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. That's a a blowy yuppie attack. After fierce Uh combat, Uh Deal Uh fails Uh to return through the Stargate. Whoa! With time running out, the team desperately searches for a way to retrieve Tilk. Pentagon feels Dr. McKay has become the world's foremost expert. Next to Major Carter. She's the one who made this program viable. Actually, the interface she designed is full of flaws. Generally, the way I see it, you have oh. two options. You can either give me what I want, a small token compared to what's at stake at least for you. The son of a bitch really stood there in Hammond's office and black held him right to his face. I mean, we all know you think of the DHD as your long-term bargaining chip, but everything has a price. And- but can anyone, including their enemies, give them the help they need? It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. Oh, this is... Ooh. That's we pretty got, intense. Yes. We got all sorts of things coming back to this one. We've got... Oh. Uh, we've got... Uh, um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Simmons. John Simmons, thank you. My, and we've got... Uh, uh, Mayborn is coming back. Mayborn? We've got Adrian Conrad shows up. Was that that guy that did the slow turn that I was like, I recognize his face, but I can't Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was Adrian Conrad, the Gould now, um, who showed up there oh, at the right. end. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Him. Yeah. That's right. Um, we've got uh, uh, the Where's young- Teal'c? Teal'c is missing. Uh-huh. Um, this is an episode that introduces uh, Rodney McKay, um, which is the one guy that... Uh, uh, Simmons brings in the foremost expert on the Stargate. Oh right? yeah, him. Right. Yeah. Um, where he's all like bat. He's 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 he's, he's smack talking uh, Samantha Carter's good work. Exactly. Fly. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, that was Rodney yeah. McKay. Um, uh-huh. All sorts of fun stuff. Oh, we've got the uh, the Russians. I don't know if you saw the Russians in there. Um, I did not notice Russians. <laughs> I believe you. I just didn't notice. Oh uh, well. So well, we saw the the one Russian from the episode The Tomb. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him. So we saw him. Yeah. So yeah. all sorts of stuff is Check-off. in yeah. this episode. Wow, man, this so is gonna be a big one. It will be. Uh, nice. Thank you. What? <laughs> Nothing. I said nice, but I said nice. it in a way that's probably sounded weird. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So thank you, David. Uh, yeah, for thanks, producing David. the promo Super good. for us. Awesome job, as always. Um, for you, dear listeners, tell us what you think. 
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate@gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at Stargate Walking, and of course Facebook and Patreon and all of those things, and the new website wtts.space. Yep. Space. 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 And all that stuff. Space. So uh, tell us what you think about this episode. Tell us where we got it right and wrong and all of those things. Uh, you know, share your thoughts about whatever is going on. Um, yeah, so. Yes. Until next time, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See ya next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.